to the Movies to Watch Before You Die podcast. My name is Gab. You didn't even point to me or nothing. My name is Dylan. I'm the co-host. Do I need to point to you? We've done this like 33 times. I like it. it uh, you know what? I like it. I like when I go, I'm Dylan and this is, and, and you give a point. Jesus Christ. All right. Are we, should we start again? No, it's fine. <laughs> oh my God. This is a perfect, right. if this was your first episode, this was a perfect introduction. Yeah, this, this, this is basically how it's going to go. All right. Listen, I have had a day. I have had a day. It has been one fucking thing after another. And so I am so excited to talk about a fabulous, heartwarming, top to bottom, A plus film. But first, why should people listen to us talk about this wonderful film, Dylan? Why? Well, Gab, you listen to me because I'm a fan of movies just like you are. And also because I did happen to go to film school and I was a former video editor. And Gab, well, why do they listen to you? Well, Dylan, I was at one point an actress. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in uh, acting. I don't know why I can't spit these words out today. Um, I am fluent in the language of character development, script analysis, and storytelling. So, therefore, I believe that we are uh, bona fide experts. I said bona fides one time, and I was made fun of it for like 15 minutes. <laughs> By whom? Zach. My brother. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Hi, yeah. Zach. I didn't know Zach listened to this. He doesn't. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fair. Um, all right. So anyway, we today are talking about the oh no, I didn't look up what year it is. No, let me guess. All right, fuck you. My this bad. episode's off to a great start. 1998 classic starring Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, and Dave Chappelle. This is You've Got Mail. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to talk about uh, what You've Got Mail is about now. <laughs> yeah, Dylan, tell the people what this is about. Don't piss me off while you're doing it. What's this all been about? What am I working toward? You think you know everything about me, don't you? I die, but you're a bummer. I bloody well ought to. You've Got Mail is about, first of all, as 90s as it can be. This is firmly set in the 90s <laughs> with the dial-up and everything. Um, People who are having an email exchange that happen to also just be within like 500 feet of each other at all times <laughs> like they yeah they don't know that they're having this romantic interaction online while in person they're actually business competitors yeah yeah so they met in a chat room and exchanged email addresses remember the days of the chat room we used to get in trouble in chat rooms i i remember aim fondly yeah yeah um, they met in a chat room, they exchange email addresses, they speak to one another anonymously, and in the process begin to fall in love, um, but do not know that they are actually business adversaries. And Tom Hanks's character, Joe Fox, owns the Fox bookstore, which is, you know, akin to a Borders or a Barnes and Noble. And Meg Ryan's character, Kathleen, Kathleen, oh, Kelly. Um, Kathleen Kelly, thank you, um, owns a brick and mortar a children's bookstore in the same neighborhood, the Upper West Side of Manhattan, that will be uh, very quickly out of business um, once the Fox store opens. So they try to save their store. There's picketing, etc. And um, we will get to, I guess, spoilers in the in the next yes, segment. Yes, there's going to be a bevy of spoilers before we get to the next segment. Let's give the more official IMDb plot summary. There we go. Book superstore magnate Joe Fox and independent bookshop owner Kathleen Kelly fall in love in the anonymity of the internet, both blissfully unaware that he's trying to put her out of business? There's a question mark? 
No, I just feel like that's how it should be said. <laughs> Fair. Like Dave Chappelle? There should be more plot summaries with question marks in them. Yeah. Agreed. Titanic. Um, the boat that's unsinkable is sinking? <laughs> what if Titanic were recut to be a comedy? <laughs> I- I'd laugh. Yeah, I there's got that's got to exist somewhere. I do always laugh and I feel bad about it at the very end. I don't know why. It's like the only thing that stands out in my mind about the movie besides nudity because I was a child um uh-huh. is the guy who's falling and he hits one of the smokestacks on the way down. And it was like, oh, if I get felt like it belonged <laughs> on America's Funniest Home Videos a little bit, I was like, okay. So now that I've talked about my delight at that man's death, let's go over the taglines for You've Got Mail. All right, let's do it. Someone you pass on the street may already be the love of your life. Oh, I like that. Yeah. There's another one that I like too. At odds in life, in love online. There's a question mark, or did you add that? No, I mean, I'm just going to start adding <laughs> question marks everywhere. At odds in life, ellipses, in love online. Okay. I like the first one better. Yeah. I like the first one better now too. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I'm thrilled to talk about this movie. So let's get to, first of all, did we leave anything out in the plot that we need to, to address for somebody who maybe hasn't seen this movie? Hmm. Um. We, I guess we should say that they're both in um, what I would call like pretty unhappy relationships with other people while they're having these online chats. Yes. Uh, which I did find out that this is based on, uh, a play in previous movies in which the characters were single. So I was a little bit like, why Why do they have to have be in relationships? But I think we can talk about their relationships more in our next segment. Opinion time. See, I pointed to you. That's how you know when it's time to go. Shut up. In this critic's opinion. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Well, I have a right to my opinion. And my opinion is you have no right to your opinion. So they were both in relationships, which again, full spoilers, both their partners like do suck and they do a good job of showing me that they suck. They don't go over the top with like, you know, he's horribly rude to her or anything like that, but they just go on to show you enough that it's like, they're not in love with each other. But the whole time I was like, they don't need to be in relationships. And it just feels like they're cheating on on their partners for no reason. Yeah. But I think there's something, I think there's something to that. And here's why when you are, in a relationship that is just not right, right? Like it doesn't, like nobody has to be the villain. You're just not right for each other. And obviously like, you know, I think uh, her boyfriend finds somebody, right? Don't, it, I'm sorry, hold on, let me backtrack. The boyfriend of Kathleen Kelly right. and the girlfriend of Joe Fox, like kind of start flirting and like have a little thing, right? A little bit. He's very flattered by the fact that she reads his articles when they, yes. you know, again, this is before, like, I, I I watched it with Giselle and I wrote down the comments that she made while we were watching it just because I loved some of them. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm going to read some of those at some point. But there was this thing where they, you know, they don't know who each other are online, but they are, they have started running into each other. They happen to be at the same party. Um, and that's how they end up you know, meeting because they're with their respective boyfriends and girlfriends. And yeah, it was just, you know, that's when she finds out who he is in the sense of he's going to put her out of business, that type of thing. But she has no idea that she's also been talking to this man online semi-romantically. And I think the reason, you know, when I think about it now, the reason that they have to kind of have those boyfriend and girlfriend is otherwise 
why wouldn't they have just met up by this point? Right. Well, and I also think that when you're in a relationship with somebody who isn't right for you, and then you start talking to somebody who is right for you, it just makes it so much more clear that they're the right person for you. Like you have that comparison where it's like, I've been living with this person and not necessarily like in the same apartment, but I've been like in a relationship with this person for so long. And I, it's just what I'm used to. And now there's somebody who actually understands me, who listens to me, who I can talk to. And it's just like, holy crap, you're the person for me, not this person. And I think if if you're single, maybe you're kind of like, there's a little bit more room to doubt. Yeah, I do think I also appreciate that, you know, they don't end up cheating on their their boyfriends or girlfriends. They do sort of just, uh, they have very mature conversations at some point, especially Frank and Kathleen, who are just like, I'm not in love with you. I'm not in love with you either. And they're like, you know what? Maybe it's for the best. I'm like, it's it's I wrote it down at some point. I was like, this is the most amical breakup I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Like you yeah. do not see that, you know, because it, it's not very entertaining. It's just like, oh, but it, it does totally move the story forward in this case. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. My most recent breakup was very similar to that. Just super amicable. I mean, I don't think it's ever like 100 percent amicable, but there was definitely a lot of like, well, I'm not if I'm not happy and you're not happy. What the fuck are we doing? We should just not. Let's just why are we doing this? And that's pretty much the exact conversation that they have in the movie. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, my God, you you're unhappy, too. Oh, I'm so relieved. Um, You know, so let me read you the first uh, Giselle comment that I have here. OK, so she wasn't like paying 100 percent attention, but she was like very much, you know, in it with me at different times. And she goes, um, I had it paused for a brief moment. She goes, I'm eight minutes in and they passed each other on the streets and I'm in it. This is a movie to watch before you die. And the music bops because it's a very 90s soundtrack. Yes, cut to like, I agree. Cut to a few minutes later, she went, is that Dave Chappelle? Ew, not a movie to watch before you die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But Chappelle was very great. much roller coastering at times. Um, yeah. And, you know, Dave Chappelle, I don't like very much as a person anymore, but I did like him in the movie, particularly when um, it's, you know, it's a moment that I thought was going to come more towards the end, but it, it turns out that it's much more of, I guess, a midpoint of the movie when they are supposed to meet face-to-face finally. And because Joe is the one who is arriving later, Joe sees that it, uh, you know, he gets there and he says that she's going to have a book and a rose and he's with uh, Kevin, who's played by Dave Chappelle. And he tells Kevin to look first. And Kevin's like, you know, she's very much a Kathleen Kelly type because he knows who she is. And Tom X is like, okay, well, she's good looking. And she's like, yeah, but if you don't like Kathleen Kelly, you're not going to really like her. And he's like, well, what does Kathleen Kelly have to do? And he's like, well, it's her. Like, but he just, <laughs> he just made this face at the immediate moment where it was just like such a like, uh-oh type face. And I do think that I was so, I, I felt very surprised because it sort of turns into an early version of catfishing afterwards. <laughs> Much of the movie felt very catfishy and both Giselle and I pointed it out, which leads me to Giselle comment number three. So she goes, you've got mail really is just the OG catfish. You've got mail two featuring Dave and Cammy produced by MTV. You've got DMs. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It, there's definitely like a level of this story does not work anymore. It just simply doesn't work anymore. There's no way that it could work um, because there's no more. Um, I, I always get embarrassed when I say this word. Uh, anonymity. Anonymity. 
anonymity. Thank you. Look who sounds stupid now. <laughs> well, it's exactly the same as defibrillator, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Just if you say it fast enough. We're not all laughing at Dylan going Rick, we cat in peace anymore, are we? <laughs> no, we're still laughing at Dylan saying badge and beauty. I'll get past it. Oh, wait. So, well, I'm sorry. But, go on, go on. So anyway, it wouldn't work. Right, it wouldn't work in today's day and age. Um, it definitely, you know, I, I I will say this, and we can go along further um, with this maybe in a little bit. But before we watch this movie, Corey watched this with me. Before we turned it on, I googled it just to see what the running time was, which I do frequently, so I know what I'm in for. And um, it an article came up saying like. You've Got Mail is a horror story about a man who um, gaslights a woman and ruins her business or something. And I thought to myself, <laughs> oh, my God, is this movie going to be so disappointing? Am I going to be horrified by the way that he treats her, by the things that he does? Is this like is this a movie that's been canceled? Like, what the hell? And then it it was not nearly that bad at all. You know, well, I would say, Gab, if this was not Tom Hanks. He would be a, well, I'm, I'm going to curse. I can curse. It's my show. You can curse he would be a podcast. fucking monster because not only does he, you know, we already said spoilers, but spoiling the shit out of this, not only does he fully run her out of business, then he finds out that she does have romantic feelings for him online, but not in reality. So he finds a way to be her friend in reality while he can slowly groom her into liking the real him more so that he can then reveal it is actually him. Like this is full on like, he, he he does he catfishes and gaslights her but because he's tom hanks and he's america's goddamn sweetheart it, it, it works <laughs> like i will I say just... it's the most <sighs> charming cast everybody in this movie is like absolutely charming the least charming person is greg kinnear who's normally a very likable actor yeah like and i was like you're not charming me at all but like meanwhile you've got like edith bunker from all in the family you've got <gasps> that's edith bunker yeah gene stapleton Holy um, shit, I didn't know that. Cheryl from Miss Congeniality. Mm-hmm. Steve Zahn, who, I, you know, if anybody listened to the That Thing You Do episode, I got love for Steve Zahn. Yeah. Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn. <laughs> yeah. Steve Zahn can do no wrong. Um, I mean, it's, it, but here's the thing. He, uh, like, like, I think there's a part of the movie when she realizes that she has to close the store and it was her mother's store so it's very sentimental her mother is no longer with us rick requius and pache i think i fucked yeah. up again anyway but whatever you keep saying scott like scotty is somehow in there um, <laughs> requius scotty and pache <laughs> exactly um but at some point she and and edith bunker whose character's name i cannot recall uh um, yes that's they, her name they have a conversation where it's like you know if you if if the books if if this didn't happen you would just continue to do the thing you've always done but now you have an opportunity to go out there and see what else is in store for you and she winds up like getting an offer to be an editor for a a, a publishing company and then she starts writing her own children's book like i think it it does sort of do a good job of being like you're you're just doing this because it's what you've only ever known but now you have an opportunity to to spread your wings and fly the movie does a lot of work to tell you that the events that happen in it are not terrible and the person who tom hanks is is not awful um first he has an adorable dog named brinkley yes brinkley brinkley's adore such a good boy such a good boy 10 out of 10 yes bonus points for brinkley brinkley's Um, played by two different dogs really yeah at the end it said like something and something two Ooh, different, two different boys 
Yeah, both good boys. Good for both of them. Babies. Um, Meg Ryan's character, they do just like give her a bunch of opportunities. They have her throw in like, oh yeah, I've saved a bunch of money. They have uh, Gene Stapleton's character goes, and by the way, I'm actually really rich. So I'm like, so were you just here for fun? Like, was this just something for you to do? Like, she yeah. literally has an offhanded line where she's like, I'm loaded. I'm like, okay. Um, They have Tom Hanks say that George is working in the Fox store and that he's like doing so great in the children's section. And they have a scene that I was waiting to see if it would really be necessary. But it's really not. Joe could have just been in her store scoping out the competition, seeing what their store is like. Instead, we have him there with two children who are delightful kids. The youngest boy just learned how to spell Fox, which is actually a joke that I really liked when she's like, can you spell dog? And he goes, F-O-X. And like, he just keeps doing it. Yeah. But uh, there's, you know, the children are really just to make him seem better that he's so good to these kids, I feel like. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, the classic save the cat thing that they have in script sometimes where it's like, you just got to keep showing that character do good things so I know they're a good person because he is yeah. like, it's not personal, it's just business. And he is just, he, he destroys her. He, you know, he essentially ruins her life, which is again, why we have an offhanded line of her saying, well, I've got some money saved. And it's like, I guess. Um, I just feel like, oh God, like, I don't know. I, why can't he be a good person? And also like, because we should mention too, that he is Joe Fox of Fox books, but Fox books belongs to his father and his grandfather. Like he inherited this. It's not, he didn't do it. It's not his fault. I'm sure he didn't choose to put the store right on the corner. Like, it just he's, he's very much okay with it like he he at no time like people are saying kevin dave chabelle's character literally says you could be okay putting this like blonde white lady on food stamps in the out in the projects and he's like it's not business it's not personal it's just business he's like i don't give a shit like he tom hanks in his delightful tom hanks charm makes it work but if it was anyone else yeah. it was like i'll destroy this woman i don't care like it's just I because guess. he's Tom Hanks that we're like it's fine but I love him so much I do you just you know what he just he just has that quality about him and I kept thinking of the line from the Simpsons movie where he's faking an announcement for the government he says the government has lost its credibility so it's borrowing some of mine I'm Tom Hanks <laughs> like it's just like you know what Tom Hanks guy can't do anything wrong he yeah. really can't it's true oh god you know I will say this I feel like the movie wasn't as romantic as I remember because there's 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 very pleasant exchanges between the two of them. They're they're discussing their days, they're giving, you know, advice. It's but there's never like a holy shit moment where they just like fall in love. There's no big romantic gesture. It's it's uh, just I'm sorry, go on. I don't know. They they just they There's only one moment like that, I feel like what the end the very end which is like my least favorite moment which sucks because it's the very end but like it's just a line from meg ryan that i'm just like oh what i wanted it to be you yes um he you know again he's been grooming her in this most delightful charming topics way but <laughs> he's been like slowly trying to make himself seem better and i really did appreciate the fact that he as himself without you know because he says that they're going to meet um He's kind of giving her advice to talk to the online version of him. And then she he knows that she's planning to meet with him, the online version, later that day. And he's giving her advice and he's helping her. And at the very end, he says, you know, I, I wish that business hadn't gone in the way. I wish that things had been different, that I could have just, you know, taken you out. And like, he really does try to just 
And how does she say no? Because he's Tom Hanks with this delightful charm. But he, he tries to just tell her how he actually feels for her because he knows all these things, all these feelings that they do share for each other that she doesn't realize. And she knows she's supposed to meet up with this guy. So she kind of just, she doesn't really say no, but she doesn't like, she certainly doesn't accept. Then when she is there, you hear somebody call for Brinkley, which we know it's Tom Hanks, and the dog is off-leash just running up to her, which also feels very 90s because you can't have a dog off-leash in New York <laughs> anywhere. Uh, certain hours. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Like, early in the morning, you can. But the dog's running up, and he he walks up, and she should be like, <laughs> well, I'll read the Giselle comment for this, but she should be more upset than she is, but she just, with a tear in her eye and a delightful, charming Meg Ryan way, because God damn it, they are both delightful and charming, Yep. She says, I I so wanted it to be you, right? Is that what the line was? She says, he says, don't cry, shop girl, which was her username. Don't yes. cry, shop girl. And she says, I wanted it to be you. I wanted it to be you so badly. That's what it is. By the way, she oh. totally would have been like shop girl 100001. There's no way shop girl was available. But I don't know. <laughs> How's she going to trust this man? He lied to her. <laughs> <laughs> because he, he does like, he lies for her. What feels like it's got to be a long amount of time because we know that they both break up with their girlfriend and boyfriends for a good amount of time. But then they are just like, he's slow playing this like, I don't want to keep calling it groovy because that sounds so malicious because there's obviously no malicious intent behind it. And he's not doing anything nefarious. He's just befriending her. But yeah. it is just like he's trying to set her up. He played it like a business deal. He softened her up so that he could strike when she was at her most vulnerable, Gav. <laughs> but don't you feel like he was using their relationship online to, like, get to know her better? Because he knew there was no way she was going to agree to talk to him after everything went down. Like, Absolutely. he really wanted to have a fair shot at getting to know her. And I think it's even more important to note that once he knew that she was his adversary, like once he saw through the window that it was actually her that she, uh, that he had been talking to, like he didn't want to, he knew that if he went up to her and was like, Hey, I'm the guy that she'd be like, go fuck yourself. I'm not talking to you. You just closed my, my shop down. So he needed to, in order to make the relationship work, get to know her deeper and like prolong that yes and i 1000 percent agree with that and he knew that like he knew that he had feelings for her and he knew that she had feelings for him he just knew that she wouldn't be able to have feelings for him with the prior history that you know fortunately ends up being able to be swept under the rug because she's not homeless in the streets she's got some money saved she's got a book deal coming up you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. if you tweak a little bit of this it's like he's basically going up to her in a cardboard box on the curb being like Hey, want to take you out for a cup of coffee? <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, but I mean, all's well that ends well. If they get married, yes. she'll be totally well off and she can do, she, like, she she's better off than she would have been if the store was still open. Well, and he's, uh, she's way better off. She, you know, she moved up. I mean, sure, her, her dead mother's memories are gone and the store is gone, <laughs> but she's got money now. <laughs> this is America, Gab. <laughs> what are memories worth? A lot less than money. But also now she's got this whole career and she's able to use yes. her talents. Um, I I will say she does zing him real good a couple times when he he comes as Joe when she's waiting for uh what is he, NYC one fifty two, is that his username? Yeah, yeah, something like that. So he shows up as Joe and he's like, Well, I'll just wait here until your friend gets here because he knows like that motherfucker ain't coming, it's me. 
Right. Um, and she says, instead of a brain, you've got a cash register. Instead of a heart, a bottom line. And I was like, she zinged him. She got him real good. Yeah. Then she comes even harder and she's like, you are nothing but a suit. And I was like, damn, get yeah. out of here, Tom Hanks. There's no charm to come back from this. You know, <laughs> you know, it was a moment in this movie that I was like, what? why is this here? What? So she gets stood up and we have every one of, you know, her friends from the shop saying, oh, my God, he stood you up. And she, you know, she does the thing that happens in every episode of Catfish. <laughs> we were supposed to meet up, but he had car trouble. And like, she's coming up with the excuse for him, you know, and all of a sudden. Steve Zahn pulls out the newspaper, which the front page is that the rooftop <laughs> killer, which has never been mentioned before, has been captured and jailed. And he apparently he was captured like two blocks away from where they were supposed to meet up. And so they immediately go to like, oh, my God. It obviously was the rooftop killer that you were going to meet up with. And he had one phone call and he had to call his lawyer. So he couldn't tell you he wasn't coming. And it's like, obviously, <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah, but like, it's such a funny moment. I love that moment. I yes. think it's it's great. Uh, this is a movie that. It was just cast so well, I have to give so much credit to the cast because it is just charming, likable characters. Greg Kinnear had another line that I loved. And again, he's like, he's probably one of the, besides Joe, he's like the douchiest character. Well, obviously besides Joe's parents. Yeah. Um, But he has a line when they're in the movie theater, which I was so shocked and appalled that like they start to have a fight at the movies and they left the movie. I was like, you guys already paid for your tickets. Like, I was like, <laughs> that's expensive. <laughs> Sit through the movie. <laughs> but um, the woman shushes him and he says, a hot dog is singing. You need quiet while a hot dog is singing. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it was such a stupid line that I was like, oh, I'll probably, I'll probably remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Um, well, Dylan, I want to get to some facts. I want the truth. Face the facts, dokes. Facts have no place with an organized religion. Let me pull up my handy dandy facts. So. The scene where Joe accidentally closes the door of Kathleen's shop on the balloons was unscripted. Tom Hanks actually did that and ad-libbed the line. Good thing it wasn't the fish. Nora oh, Ephron thought it was so moment. funny, she kept it in. Love that moment. Love that moment. He's so goddamn charming. He's just so charming. Oh, Damn God. that Tom Hanks. How do you think it how do you think it happened? Like, no, we have to acknowledge the sound of his voice is absolutely just like disarming. He's he's not the most attractive man on the planet. Like he, he's not a like hot or particularly handsome man, especially like in that era of his life. Like his, his hairline is receding a little bit. Like, you know, <laughs> let's take it um, easy on Tom Hanks here. <laughs> just saying, I, I mean, I used to people, I used to have in my like little Facebook, it said like, what's your religion? I wrote Tom Hanks. Like I fucking love Tom Hanks. It's just so much. It's just, good he does a good job choosing his roles he rarely plays a character that you don't love and he's just very good at being a character that you love right you know what, that's I mean? what i'm saying like how is he so charming like what's his secret it's the same way that i feel like tom cruise never plays a bad guy tom cruise is a a, a psycho i'm not disagreeing with that but tom cruise knows what roles he wants to play and he picks that role you never see tom cruise play a bad guy he is always like your action hero you know what i mean yeah, remember when he played the producer in Tropic Thunder, though? Yes, but that's it's such a small role. I'd say the only time that he's really a bad guy is in the movie Magnolia. But we're going down a Tom Cruise rabbit hole that I don't want to go down. Anyway, so, 
before I get okay. to more of like our ratings, let me continue with like the fun facts. Okay. The casting of Dave Chappelle as Kevin, Joe's friend and confidant, came about because four years earlier, Chappelle was offered the role of Bubba in Forrest Gump, Hank's big blockbuster, which became a worldwide phenomenon. Have you heard of this, Forrest Gump? Chappelle turned uh-huh. down the role of Bubba because he felt Forrest Gump would flop at the box office. <gasps> wow, what an idiot. Who knew that Dave Chappelle's judgment was not so trustworthy? <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, bad choice. Yeah. I, I, I want to say this. Um, I saw Kevin Hart and Chris Rock at MSG. I took Corey in uh, July. And uh, uh, Dave Chappelle came out. It was a surprise. We didn't really know he was going to be there. And um, wow, has he aged. He also just went through that period where he got like, super buff and he's still like very muscular now and it's still it still looks weird to me because seeing him in this movie i was like yes that's what dave chappelle looks like yeah like- <laughs> he's so he's so skinny also do you remember that period of time where me you and zach just watched the chappelle show so much <laughs> i can't even watch Chappelle's show anymore it's ruined for <sighs> me now i just oh man i love him so much um obviously very upsetting but um yeah he is he is old he is old now like seeing him in this movie i was like oh my god i remember when he was young and handsome and skinny and now and he's just yeah and he smokes the whole time it's like i know that's like his thing but i was just like oh my god you're not doing yourself any favors bro <laughs> all right continue uh okay in the opening lines of the movie frank is describing how the state of virginia had to have solitaire removed from their computers because that hadn't gotten, they hadn't gotten any work done in six weeks. This line is actually based on fact. In December of 94, Governor George Allen of Virginia did in fact order that all video games, specifically Minesweeper, Hearts, and Solitaire, be removed from the state computers because of a concern that state employees were playing these games during office hours and wasting taxpayer dollars. Interesting. Little did Frank and Virginia know about social media. Yeah, wait till, wait till the future, buddy. Like Frank's character, Tom Hanks also collects typewriters. That I didn't know. Yeah. This is the third movie that Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks acted in together. The previous two being Joe versus the Volcano and Sleepless in Seattle. Both fabulous movies. Never seen either of them. I see. I did see uh, Nora Ephron, you know, I was watching an interview and she said she was like, you know, Sleepless in Seattle in this movie she called First Cousins because they're very thematically similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sleepless in Seattle, I've decided we're going to do for Valentine's Day. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Both Kathleen and Joe use laptops extensively throughout the movie as their primary means of emailing back and forth. Joe is using an IBM ThinkPad 770 series, which had a retail price of, do you want to give a guess? Oh my God, $799. Yes. $6,999.1997. What? Kathleen is using an Apple PowerBook G3250, which had a list price of, Gab, do you want to give a guess? I mean, that's got to be 9000 uh, you went too far the other way. $5,700.1997, which, considering that she's a small shop owner, probably wouldn't be able to afford that laptop, but it's crazy how expensive laptops were then. Wow, that's so crazy. You know what else is crazy? I didn't get a laptop until I was going to college because Same. my parents were always like, it's too expensive. But like computers weren't that expensive in 2010. Yeah, that's when we were going to college. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. That's when I got my first laptop. No, they had gotten a lot cheaper. I mean, I guess, you know, the technology gets cheaper. It's the same way with TVs, that the technology just got a lot cheaper over time. 
Right. But I'm just saying, I think my parents thought that laptops cost the same amount in 2010 that they did in 97. They were still rolling in those 97 numbers. Big mistake. Dumbasses. Also, they'll <laughs> never hear this. <laughs> yeah. Dumbasses. <laughs> we, we love you, dumbasses. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Most of the time. Yeah. Rose, all right. <laughs> Rose, the Zaybar's cashier, is played by young Sarah Ramirez from Grey's Anatomy. Cool. Wow. Yeah, I thought I recognized her. Despite the autumn setting, the movie was shot in the summer, so the green leaves were digitally colored a more seasonal red, <laughs> which seems ridiculous. But I'm like, wow. how many how many scenes were there where they had to color leaves? I don't know. That's like the ultimate fall in New York movie, too. Like, like very like it's you've got mail season. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've never heard that before, but I'll take no. you at your word. OK. Dabney Coleman, who plays Joe's father, Nelson, is also Principal Prickly from the show Recess for anyone else who remembers that show. Oh, of course. Do you really, or are you mocking me? I remember it because you loved it so much. We used to watch I it together. I did love it. Principal Prickly is hysterical. Nora Ephron, who directed and wrote, said was alleged to have said to Tom Hanks, when you have a hit, every day is like Christmas. When you have a bomb, every day is like Vietnam. Now, I will say, it's a very specific quote that I could not find anywhere else, but I did like the quote, when you have a hit, every day is like Christmas. When you have a bomb, every day is Vietnam. Yeah, okay, that's good. Okay, let's go over the ratings. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes on the tomato meter, it has 70%, an average rating of 6.2 out of 10, 62 fresh reviews, and 27 rotten. Audience score of 73%, average score of 3.8 out of 5. IMDB gives this a 6.7 out of 10. Uh, should I get to the reviews next, or should I go over the cast and director a little more? Cast and director. Directed by Nora Ephron, who also directed Sleepless in Seattle, Bewitched, and Julie and Julia. Written by Nora and her sister Delia Efron, who also wrote When Harry Met Sally, The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, and the prior movies Nora directed were written by her too, The Sleepless in Seattle, Bewitched, and Julie and Julia. Mm. Stars Tom Hanks, who you obviously know, I feel like I shouldn't even need to say, but Forrest Gump, Philadelphia, Big, Saving Private Ryan, and a whole bunch of other stuff. The What's your favorite of... Tom Hanks movie? I, I love Forrest Gump. I would say either oh, Forrest I, Gump I or yeah. Saving Private Ryan. That's fair. Okay. Um, also the father of Colin and Chet Hanks. Meg Ryan, Chet. which Colin Hanks is more Tom Hanks than Tom Hanks is. He just looks so much like him. It's unbelievable. I know. I love him. Uh, Meg Ryan, who was nominated for a Golden Globe for the film, who's also in When Harry Met Sally and Sleepers in Seattle. Uh, she's also the mother of Jack Quaid. Just a bunch of Nepo babies coming out of this movie. Yep. Also stars Greg Kinnear from Little Miss Sunshine, As Good As It Gets in Mystery Men. And also, I pointed out already, but just I was like, oh, my God, Steve Zahn from That Thing You Do and Heather Burns from Miss Congeniality. Yeah. Critics' consensus, great chemistry between the leads made this a warm and charming delight. Roger Ebert said that Ryan and Hanks have more winning smiles than most people have expressions. True. Eleanor Snow from Mr. Showbiz, a sweet sentimental romance that shrewdly capitalizes on the foolproof allure of its stars. Yeah. David Kay from Cinemaphile.org, there's no serious problem that would keep me from recommending the movie. But if you want a more organized, more serious, more humorous, and more organic film, watch the very similar Sleepless in Seattle. Can't wait. Valentine's Day, baby. Let's go. Romance. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to watch the same movie, I guess. Michael Wilmington from the Chicago Tribune. The whole movie goes bland and flat as a fast food knish or a blank computer screen. That's such an interesting. Why knish? Why, yeah, why right? go knish? All right. Very interesting comparison. Michael O'Sullivan from the Washington Post. The film made me feel like a Christmas goose being fattened for slaughter. It's force-fed diet of whimsy cloyed long before the eagerly anticipated romantic payoff arrived to put me out of my misery. <laughs> Goddamn, are you okay, wow. sir? Sir, um, uh, wow. 
Ruth Stein from the San Francisco Chronicle. Every time you've got males about to choke on its own cleverness, it's resuscitated by its extremely likable, oh heck, let's just call them lovable stars. Okay. Charlotte O'Sullivan, Sight and Sound, you've got male has much in common with Sleepless in Sea Battle, but ultimately pales by comparison. So you get you get both sides of it in these reviews. Uh, Lindsay Pugh, who this one was in 2018, so more recent, from Woman in Revolt. You've Got Mail is a messed up story of early 90s catfishing. <laughs> Watch it for the city apartment style porn, but don't let the Efrons or Tom Hanks fool you. Joe is scum. <laughs> wow. I disagree. I get it. I understand. But I think I think the movie does a really good job of pointing out that he's not a bad person. It's circumstantial. It is what it is. She's better off anyway. It all's well that ends well. It's fine. I had to actively turn my mind off to like, how much he is driving the capitalist machine <laughs> to destroy yeah. her. But it, it makes you feel better if you just think about the fact that like Amazon definitely destroyed Fox and Sons bookstores anyway. Exactly. Yep. Thank you. It all comes around. It all comes full circle. It was just a snake eating its own tail. Yeah. Um, I feel like we didn't mention, and I do just want to mention that the children that uh, Joe was with in the beginning, it's very weird that they are technically his aunt and brother. Yeah. Because his yeah, yeah. very, very old father and grandfather are still fucking people. But I do think it it also goes to highlight that he's not like that. He's a good person. He's a better fox. Like he isn't this like money hungry. I'm going to marry a supermodel, knock her up and then divorce her for another supermodel. Like he's a good person with a good heart. Thank yes, you. I there's a scene case. with his father where he's saying, you know, well, you just want to find somebody that you can like spend the rest of your life with or something. And the father's like, have I ever done that? Like the father's really like, I'm just trying to find the next holder fill. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh. Principal Prickly, no. Mail time! When you control the mail, you control information. Mom asked me to ask you if there's any mail for us here by mistake. What? So we have a comment on National Lampoon's vacation from Scotty Cameron. Scotty. Dylan can't be bribed, reasoned, or negotiated with on Venmo. Dylan just wants to watch Venmo burn. <laughs> Which I believe is, uh, that's the Dark Knight, I think, that he's paraphrasing. Um, And that was our only comment. So wow. light mail week, but we do have some email. Before we get to the email, I do want to shout out Scotty Cameron for his bribe. I now have $2 in my Venmo account, one from Scotty Cameron, one from Keen Machine. So my heart is is torn. This is really Sophie's choice over here. I don't know who's my favorite listener anymore. Oh, Scotty, you wonderful fool you. Don't you see what you've done? <laughs> now all that happens is an arms war where you're both, you both have to just start working your asses off because she's just going to want more. Yeah, I mean, hell yeah. Come on, let's go. Keep the Venmo's what's coming, the, guys. What's the thing if you give a mouse a cookie? Isn't that it? Yeah. Which, I think it's more cookies? like if you give a man a rope and they hang No, are you, are, you mix, are you mixing this up with if you teach a man to fish versus yes. if you give a man a fish? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, what did that have to do with a rope? I don't know. Like, it, like if you, you, you know that, that <laughs> phrase, like, um, if you give him too much rope, he'll hang himself? Yeah. You just it was kind of a hybrid together, of that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's my podcast. It's our podcast. Well. To the email now. <laughs> from Scotty Cameron. Scotty! <laughs> on vacation. Gab's half-favorite listener. <laughs> it's time. For just a dollar a day, you too could be Gab's favorite listener. <laughs> In the arms of the <laughs> angels. <laughs> okay. Scotty, hey Dylan and Gab, great show as always. Sadly, you're back to disagreeing on movies to watch before you die, and you just had a three-way agreement last week, which was on uh, Wag the Dog, spoilers, yep. but hopefully you've listened to every episode before this. In order. In order, of course. Uh, yes, Dylan, I do watch National Lampoon's Vacation between installments of film series that butcher Greek comics. You just got the wrong movies. 
It's the Tim Story Fantastic Four movies, not the Michael Bay Transformers. I'm just kidding. I haven't seen Vacation. However, I have seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and that was a riot. Yes. Which I do feel like the resounding response that I got from people going off of what Scotty had said as well is a lot of people told me they thought Christmas Vacation is the funnier of the two. I think it is. I think that when I watch Christmas Vacation, I had forgotten how much funnier that one. You know what I mean? Like, like in retrospect, I think I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm at a loss yeah. for words today. Uh, so who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll have to revisit that well at some point, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I love the comedy, particularly when Cousin Eddie abducts Clark's boss and brings him to the house. That whole bit oh, yeah. makes me laugh every time. That's also when I realized that Clark Griswold worked for the Flying Dutchman in SpongeBob. Oh, I guess it's the same uh, voice. It's the voice actor for the Flying Dutchman. <laughs> it's uh, no, no, no. Brian that's um, yeah, Brian Doyle Murray. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same voice I'm actor. the Flying Dutchman. Yeah. Which I did not put that together until this email just now. That's funny. I do like Chevy Chase on screen. His bits as Gerald Ford on SNL always make me laugh. I love John Candy, particularly in the film The Great Outdoors. Hmm. A bit of a shameless plug here, but I was recently on the Joe on Joe podcast to discuss my favorite storyline from the G.I. Joe comics as part of Joe Slepsky's new phase of the show You on Joe. Show You on Joe. I think I fucked up the enunciation there. My bad. To discuss their favorite G.I. Joe title, character, etc. If you're interested, here's the episode. And it is G.I. Joe, America's Elite in Sheep's Clothing. Looking forward to the next episode. Sincerely, Scotty. Scotty, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the link down below in the description. I pointed down, which only Gab can see. So Gab particularly knows that I am putting the link in the description below. I can vouch for him that it will be there based on the direction he was pointing. And, and if it's not there, my, my bad. But it's going to be there. I'm going to remember to there. do this. Unlike when yeah. I forget to cut things out. On to the next email. <laughs> <laughs> we have an email from Vitz again. Uh, up, this Vitz? one on Billy Jean's family vacation. <laughs> good one got a little caught up in life so i'm giving a two for one thought on these movies in the controversial air date order which just tells me that vitz must be coming from the jump on the batwagon podcast also mm. in order to keep it in order to keep this short i'll try to keep each one brief starting with vacation i was never really a big fan of this movie let alone cared for it but re-watching the title it does hold up pretty well for today it really is a movie with a great script writing for comedy as national lampoon usually does I personally wouldn't say that it's a movie to watch before you die, but there is a lot of mainstream culture and jokes that are still relevant to this day. There have been a few car commercials, family guy jokes, and one time in Clark, New Jersey, a sign was vandalized from Clark and Westfield to read Clark Griswold. Honestly, if I had to pick a movie from this franchise to see before you die, I think I would pick Christmas Vacation. But again, yeah, yeah. because of the social influence it has, rather than it being a super good movie, in my opinion. Sure. I'll take I will that. admit I have personal bias against Christmas movies, but will die on the diehard and sequel Christmas Movie Hill. Other great road trip films that I think do better, Tommy Boy and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Love uh, Tommy Boy. Have never seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I've never seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, automobiles either. Automobile. Um, yeah, maybe... I, I mumbled the shit out of that. You couldn't let that go, could you? Nope, never. Um, all right, maybe we have to watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Perhaps we do. And the diehard sequel is much more just like, it's Christmas. Like it, It's... They it's not at a Christmas party, but they're like, we're in an airport. It's Christmas. Okay. Like, they're just well, very I outright think... saying it. Yeah, because it's a Christmas movie franchise. Yeah. Die Hard 2 is not very good, though. Mm. On to the legend herself, Billie Jean. Oh, ho, Dylan. You may have thought that with my vast collection and knowledge of movies that I have never seen this movie. Yeah, you're right. Never heard of this one. And I must say, it was good. Yeah. Which I, I'm totally putting all these inflections and in, hoping that this is, I hope that this is the way you mean it, Vince. Tell me if I'm ever like, 
super wrong. I'm, I'm going to cut out that total slur I had just there. I had a little sure bit of a, a mini stroke. Um, <laughs> Wait, so Vitz actually went and watched this movie? I think he watched both these movies. Vitz Holy is more shit. dedicated to this podcast than we are. Honestly, Vitz, I mean, if you just Venmo me two small dollars, you oh could my be my favorite listener. Quite frankly, it just needs to be a dollar and one penny, apparently. Listen, Dill, don't short me here. Uh, <laughs> Where was I? Uh, you know what? I feel like it's a success that one more person has seen The Legend of Billie Jean. Yeah, you're, you're doing it. Fair is fair. I really enjoyed this movie, but not one to say that this is, uh, but not one to say that this is something to watch before you die. Oh, wow. You really like didn't read one further line and we're all excited. Yeah, that's fine. I honestly was invested in it. It was a fun ride of youth rebellion and to have a female lead was different from the norm, especially in the 80s. But a lot of the motivation of these characters seemed more out of I'm bored. I'm just going to join than any real motivation. Uh, I mean, that. Isn't that sort of what youth is? Yeah, I mean, it was the 80s. Everyone was bored. They didn't have the internet. Yeah, well, what were they going to do? There was no Tinder. They just yeah. had to go up to people and go like, want to fuck? Okay. Yeah, yep. that was the 80s version of Tinder. Yeah, That was also just more of a Broad City reference, but that reference has gone right past Gab. Where yep. was I? I was on an episode of Broad City, too, but I've never seen it. No, My really? episode or the show, yeah. Why haven't you seen it? It's a very good show. I don't know. Well, I recommend it. Thank you. Find out what episode you were in and tell me. Uh, I All I know is that I was walking around China. I was in a Chinese restaurant in Chinatown. That's like 80% of the episodes. Damn it. All right. Sorry. Uh, okay. Let's go into Putter's character and flush out her controlling and abusive mother, or Lloyd and his clearly absent father. I think this movie could have been better. I can't even think of a movie that comes close to something like this, even as a recommendation, except maybe Over the Edge. And I'm curious how this movie would have been received if it was made in the mid-90s versus the mid-80s. I do think, Vitz, just to combat you a little bit here, the fact that you can obviously tell about Putter's controlling and abusive mother and Lloyd's clearly absent father says that you get their characters enough to see why they would want to get away from home and why they would be willing to join such a movement. Yeah. Also, if this movie gets any longer, it, it like it's the perfect length. You cannot make Billy G one minute longer. Yeah, yeah. Either way, it was a good movie. I enjoyed watching it. And isn't that what, uh, isn't that the important thing with movies? Yes, it is. Yeah. And you have one other person to to say that you've gotten to see it. Honestly, Corey listened to the episode and said he wanted to watch it. He should. Yeah, we may. I bought the Blu-ray because I was upset that my DVD was in full screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Not sure how not sure how to end this one. Uh, Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Vitz. P.S. I love that Barry Tubb, who played Hubie. Did this movie right before you played Wolfman in Top Gun, one of my all-time top 10 movies, to deliver great lines such as, this gives me a hard-on, and yeah, Maverick, just quit. And I beg of you, do not take either of those things out of context of me saying it, please. <laughs> PP, peep, oh my god, too many P's. PPS, post-postscript, not sure if you should do the Hebrew Hammer as a holiday movie or an April Fool's Day joke, because that movie, oy vey. <laughs> Um, I believe we already have locked down an April Fool's Day movie, um, yes. but I am very excited to uh, watch it for Christmas again. Um, although it sounds like we've got another Christmas movie we have to add to the list, but Christmas, I feel like is a season. So December, we can do yeah, we might have to just do Christmas movies for all of December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that might be the move. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I am so appreciative that he watched that movie. Um, I almost don't care that he he didn't agree with us. 
it's fine that he's agree with us. It's just the fact that he's listening means a lot, man. Means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh it's like in Zoolander when Hansel's talking about Sting. He doesn't really listen to his music, but the fact that he's out there and he's doing it, he thinks it's great. <laughs> yes. What a deep cuts reference I just made for that. And it didn't even really yeah. make sense. But you guys know that's what you're here for. Very deep cuts reference to movies that we just nostalgically love. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of movies that some of us nostalgically love, should we get to the You've Got Mail verdicts? Let's do it. Do or do not. There is no try. The guilty will be punished. Sentence is death. Okay, Gab, being that this was your pick, why don't I let you give your verdict first so that I can continue to build on that suspense? Well, Dylan, I will tell you this. I love this movie. I think it is a beautiful telling of two people that are just right for each other um, who probably not uh, or or who probably without the ability to talk to one another uh, anonymously, you see how I'm getting around saying that word that I can't say, um, <laughs> without the ability to speak to one another anonymously, probably never would have given the other a chance. So I think it it's a really nice way of saying that sometimes you find love in some uh, unexpected places that the love of your life could be someone that on paper is your foil um, and that at the end of the day, um, love will always win. Um, I, I will say you said that, that so tepidly. <laughs> love will always win. Wait, you got to add um, the question marks. Like I was, love will always win. Love <laughs> will always win. Um, I, I definitely, it wasn't as overwhelmingly romantic as I had remembered. Like I said to you, there was really no huge payoff moment where it was like, oh my god, um, I got a little misty eyed, but I didn't cry. Um. And I, I, but so I was a little underwhelmed. I was expecting to to have this like gut wrenching love story unfold before me. Um, but what I got was a very pleasant, uh, charming love story in which two people begin a relationship. And I, I think it's a, a great, I don't think it's the greatest love story of all time, but I think it is a really nice way to spend 90 minutes. Um, I think it's a, a fun, happy, upbeat movie where everything works out in the end. And um, I think it is a movie to watch before you die. I appreciate that. It's definitely not like an over, it's not an overly schmaltzy chick flick, which, which is kind of what I was afraid of that this was going to be the notebook esque or like I'm trying to think of like Dear John or like the last yeah, yeah. The last ride. Is that what that might be one of them? Or that might be uh, I don't know. I might have just made that up. But I know that like there was a month where I worked in movie theater where there was a a, a bull riding chick flick movie. <laughs> I think that might have been what it's called. <laughs> I swear to God, this is a thing. Movie. I swear to God that she's like, I can't let you get back up on that bull. <laughs> like, I swear <laughs> to God. It's oh my just... God, it's like tremors. Yes. And like at the very end of the movie, he goes into like an auction house to get her back i it was weird and i didn't pay enough attention jesus christ all right um you know there's so many reasons for me to feel like i shouldn't like it with the fact that he is this horrible capitalist monster with the fact that he he is grooming and catfishing her to an extent but god damn it, it's just so charming i wrote down this is the charming marshmallow fluff of movies and I don't think I'd be in a rush to watch it again. I'm not going to go out and buy it probably, but I'm going to say it's a movie to watch before you die. It's very, (laughs) very charming. The cast is very charming. It's so good. Yes. Oh my God. I was not expecting that at 
all. Um, I thought, okay, so I, I, I had hope because Corey really liked it. And um, not that I think the two of you are like point for point, but you know, like, like sometimes I'm like, how did Giselle feel about it? So I like kind of can gauge. Um, he was like, that was great. That was so nice. And I was like, yes, it was great. It was nice. Yeah, I think she liked it a little less than I did. But damn it, Tom Hanks. That's all I can say. It's Tom Hanks, man. If you put anybody else in this role, I think that it's like it's too much scum to rise to the surface. Tom (laughs) Hanks, though, he just delightfully pushes it back down. Yeah, yeah. Like he makes you root for him. And it's like you basically drove her out of business and ruined her life. Like He should be a monster. And I'm like, nope, I still like him. But what if, like, what if, you know, I mean, if you think about this and like, what if it were real life, right? Like, what if the owner of a, um, uh, if it were oh real God, life, that like person a would be far too goods. What? No, I don't know, though. What if like you own, like you had this family shop and, you know, it, it, cause it's kind of like society has been going in a direction where like mom and pop stores are not making it anymore because of things like Amazon. And I know this precedes that. Right. But like, I don't think that makes it hurt any less. I also think that we shouldn't get too deep into like the real trauma of this movie. But I feel (laughs) like I, I do think that one, there would be an immediate reaction of like, Oh my God, you have been making a fool of me this whole time and lying to me this whole time also, because she really has like been made a fool of by him for a long time. We're also assuming, though, that she, you know how, like, once we know that he knows it's her, you can see him start to open up to her and, like, obviously, like, kind of be, uh, I don't want to say flirting with her, but he's obviously, like, going out of his way to make sure that when she realizes it's him, she's happy. But I think that if, like, given, like, we don't really know if she, because she immediately says, I wanted it to be you. So, obviously, she is talking to this person hoping that it's him because she likes him. So, yes. I think they probably would have maybe found one another anyway. Yes, the know? big the big turning point scene is really when she's sick in the apartment. And he comes there and he brings her the flowers. And, you know, despite a little bit tea. of resistance of, like, she's kind of like, no, I'm I'm sick, don't come up. And he, like you know, not in like an aggressive way or anything, but he's like, you know, no, let me help you out. And he's just so nice to her. And he does just, he forms a genuine friendship with her first. And I very much appreciated that he is just, he does just want to be her friend and he does try and as himself, you know, put himself out there first. Um, Like I said, if this, is, if this was anybody else, it, I don't think it would have worked. And I feel stupid that I didn't point out, like we were saying, this is based on a former play and former movie, uh, which, Meg Ryan's shop is named after the shop around the corner is the name of the original movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that, so in that, I mean, the original play was from before a time of the internet. So like, yes, it, they're sending letters. It's it's in the mail. Uh, yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, <laughs> You've got actual wonder, mail. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if uh pony express is here. I wonder if, um, <laughs> it would have been like creepy, like how it was received then. But anyway, I'm so glad you feel that way. Um, We need to look at a calendar and figure out when Valentine's day is because I really want to do sleepless in Seattle because after I watched this movie, I did think it's so good, but sleepless in Seattle is even better. I believe Valentine's day falls on February 14th this year. Cap. I hate you. <laughs> I hate myself a little bit, but it was worth it. You know it. what I mean? Yes. I know what you mean. Um, we will do that and I will figure out what movie that I'm going to be putting forth for next week and we will see you then. But until that time, if you want to send us some comments on what you think about, you've got mail, 
or if you just want to talk to us about a movie we should be talking about, you can send us a message at. Sorry, you didn't point. Can I didn't point? point, right? That makes it can hard. You point. Doesn't it? Movies to watch at. That's no. not it. Movies to watch before you die gmail.com listen do me a favor all right dylan's out of his fucking mind i want you to email movies to watch before you die at gmail.com let us know how you feel about this movie any other movie we've discussed any movie you want us to discuss in the future um you can leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash movies to watch and you can venmo me at yes you can send gav all the venmos you want thank you so much for listening and come listen next week have a great life Jam. Through the internet? Yes. Hmm. You've got mail. Yes. Those are very powerful words. <laughs>